Hello everyone, Alan Mishra here from VitalityExplorers.com, where we try to help you live your most vital life. Uh, you can sign up for a free text message newsletter each week delivered to your phone via VitalityExplorers.com. You can also visit the Vitality Explorers Substack site for the references from this podcast and for more information about how to enhance your physical, mental, social, and spiritual well-being. Now, in this week's podcast, we're going to talk about how stress accelerates aging, why we should eat less and less often, and how to think with time in mind. So let's start with stress, because stress is everywhere in 2022. We face it at work, we face it at home, and we face it anytime we turn on the news. Uh, and cumulative stress in a recently published study was found to accelerate aging in young to middle-aged adults even after adjusting for sex, race, BMI, smoking, alcohol use, income, marital status, and education. So stress is clearly a problem. Now, the study used a new tool called the Grim Age. Now, that's a weird name for something, but it's, it's really a, at the cutting edge of how to measure how and how fast we are aging. And it uses uh, a measurement of the amount of methylation around your DNA. Now that's a big word. Your DNA, as you may remember from high school biology, is a triple helix. Now, excuse me, it was a double helix, right? It, originally somebody thought it was a triple helix. It's a sort of a joke there. But the double helix of DNA has little methyl groups. These are little things on the outside of the DNA that really regulate how the DNA is expressed or translated. And there's mounting evidence that suggests that the amount of methylation around your DNA can be used uh, to measure how fast we're aging. Now, in the on the Substack site, there's a figure that goes over how the total amount of stress as measured by this validated measurement tool called the Cumulative Adversity Inventory, the cumulative adversity inventory. That's actually hard to say. So they call it the CIA or CAI, not the CIA, but the CAI. Um, and they found that stress is associated with an accelerated uh, amount of aging as measured by this amount of methylation around your DNA in, in the form of the grim age tool. So it's really important. It's really interesting new physiology, but it comes back around this concept of when there's a stressor in our lives, um, and especially excess stress, uh, that can that can produce physiologic changes in our body, and there can be long-term consequences associated with that in, in terms of accelerated uh, aging and poor health. And the study uh, that we went over found that uh, stress may pay, play an accelerated role even prior to the onset of chronic disease. But interestingly. Notably, shall we say, this relationship was strongly moderated by resilience factors, including self-control and, and emotion, emotional regulation. So in the paper, they went over these, these graphs of, of measurements of how the people they studied were either emotionally regulated or they had a good sense of self-control. And what they found is that those people that regulated their emotions and had self-control had less of a response to stress. So they recommended interventions to improve emotional regulation and self-control as a way to mitigate the impact of stress on the aging process. Uh, this study also su suggested, quote, the relationship between stress and grim age is as powerful as BMI, but only for those with poor emotional regulation. So we'll never really get rid of stress in our lives, and some stress 
can also be good because it can motivate us to change or to improve a bad situation. Uh, but this, the data presented in the paper strongly suggests that we avoid getting overloaded. It also suggests that we find identi- or find ways to control our emotions or decrease to decrease the risks uh, of stress on our aging. So I think this is a really fascinating work. Uh, it's pretty complex. You can check out the Substack uh, paper and and graphs to learn more about it. Um, but it's it's a it's a paper that looked at 444 people, um, and it was published in 2021. But it was a really interesting way that I think we're going to be using more and more to understand what happens in our world and especially what happens when we undergo a lot of stress, which has clearly been around over the last two years in epic proportions. And speaking of stress, I think we need to admit it that many of us have gained some weight during COVID and COVID unbelievably is into its third year now. Um, But what we looked at in, in another portion uh, of this week's Vitality Explorer News is a study published by the Obesity Society, which found COVID-19-related lockdown mandates were associated with weight gain, especially in, in patients or in people who are already overweight and especially overweight, oh, excuse me, especially obese. So people were, were at normal weight at baseline, uh, had a 14.8% uh, chance of gaining about two, two kilograms, which is about four and a half pounds. Uh, in a three-month period versus people who were obese had a 26%. So not quite twice as much, but a significantly higher rate of gaining uh, more weight if you were obese in this time frame. The study also found that longer mandates, lockdown mandates, were associated with more weight gains and that greater weight gain uh, was related to more depressive symptoms. So you can see how this this idea of all these things being interrelated, your physical health is related to your mental health, which is related to your social and spiritual health. And so the study concluded, quote, future research is needed to examine the long-term effects of stay-at-home orders on weight gain and related behavioral and psychosocial parameters, uh, unquote. So literally when they looked at the lockdown, um, you know, you know, disproportionately affecting people who are overweight or obese, it was pretty clear that that trend um, for gaining more weight was um, significantly higher in those those latter categories. Um, so I think it's time for us to truthfully and scientifically examine the, the value of lockdowns. It's clear that they had a massive, pun intended, consequences for our weight, and that weight is re- uh, related to our health and our vitality. Uh, that's pretty simple because increased weight is associated with almost every disease and living at or near your, your ideal weight uh, is really a, an amazing thing you can do for your health and your vitality. Um, so I wanted to briefly talk about what we can do to reverse that weight gain trend that started with COVID. Uh, the disclaimer here is I'm not a diet expert. I'm an orthopedic surgeon, and I always recommend that you check with your own uh, physician prior to beginning any diet or a diet exercise or other program. But my primary suggestion about trying to lose weight, um, and I I had to do this myself because I I gained about five pounds during COVID and I I had a lot more trouble losing it than I thought I would. But what I started with is just being more aware of how much I ate and how often I ate. Um, You know, being at home too much gives us 24-7 access to the food in our refrigerators and our pantries 
And I had to actually go to the point of using a calorie counting app, Lose It, to, that helped me really input everything I was putting in my mouth. It was pretty staggering when I actually was honest about that. Uh, so once I started ca- counting and, and categorizing the calories that I was eating and just being more aware of it, that's just that measurement effect. I started actually eating a little bit less. Second thing I did is started intermittent fasting, and this involves eating in a shorter time window. So I stopped eating at about, I still do this a, a lot, almost every day. I stop eating at about 8 o'clock and then drink only one or two cups of coffee in the morning and then not, try not to eat anything till noon. So that constitutes about a 16-hour fast. People debate a lot about what a fast is, but uh, obviously if you don't eat, you're going to be burning off some calories. And we can talk a little bit more about intermittent fasting in a, on a later episode. But just these two concepts, being more aware, sort of measuring it and being more aware, uh, helped me drop the five pounds and helped me keep them off. And I think you can boil it down to this. I just ate less and I ate less often. So that's going to be my diet book. My diet book. It'll be just one page. Eat less and eat less often. Maybe two pages. So um, you can see... You can see the uh, the data on this one that was uh, published uh, in a study called COVID-19 Pandemic and Stay-at-Home Mandates Promote Weight Gain. That's up on the uh, Vitality Explorer Substack site. Um, uh, you can see some, some charts and more of the details. What I want to finish with uh, for today is, is to discuss time. Now, there's a video uh, up on my YouTube site on, on time. And, and I'm just going to kind of read something to you that goes along with that video. You can find a link to it, um, or you can just go to uh, type my name into YouTube and you'll see this. But I think one of the most important choices we make with our regard to our vitality is how we spend our precious time. And so my question for everybody is, you know, what would you do if you really dreamed greatly? Um, I think the important thing is to start to understand today that time is our most precious non-renewable asset. I'll say that one more time. Time is our most precious non-renewable asset. So if you begin today to think with time in mind, you'll start to understand that thinking with time in mind changes every, every thought. And what I want you to think about is to respect your future self and treat every second as precious. Because vital people really know their time is limited. They know that the shovel next to the grave may be for them at some point, and they will never know when it is coming. They don't waste their time complaining or gossiping. They savor their time. They are ruthless with their time. They remember to treat their time and their attention like a luxury good. They take ownership over their attention. They don't outsource it to their phone. They listen with the intent of hearing and they seek to live in the precious present. And vital people avoid energy vampires. These are the kind of people who suck your blood or your bone marrow. You know who they are. But they also embrace energy angels, and those are the ones that bring you energy or uplift you. They willingly take what I call the billion-second challenge and seek to spend their time optimally. They know their years are like rings of a tree. Some seasons are dry and difficult to grow, leading to narrow rings. And some seasons are filled with abundance, leading to wide rings. And during some seasons, lightning strikes and scars their clock of time. So vital people know they must commit their time to difficult challenges. They seek for opportunities to demonstrate calm in the middle of a storm. And vital people also 
write their future and final headlines for today and tomorrow. So listen to your inner voice and embrace the opportunity to think with time in mind. All right, so that's up on a little video I have on, on YouTube. You can also see a link to it um, through this uh, this podcast. I thank you for listening to the Vitality Explorer News this week. I look forward to seeing you back here next week. If you have any questions or comments or suggestions, you can put them up on the Substack site. And again, you can sign up for the free Vitality Explorer News at vitalityexplorers.com. And until next time, I want everybody to... Hashtag dare to be vital.